0: Welcome to the Living in Liberty podcast. This is Pastor Jason Lohorn from Salem Baptist Church. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure and share our podcast with a friend. Now for today's episode. Well, hey, here today on Living in Liberty, I have Parker Vance Reese. He is in our, in our office today, or studio, whatever you want to call this. It's a studio office. He's here with me today, and Parker's a friend of mine. He's also a member of Salem Baptist Church. And Parker, I have come to know him as not just as a friend, he's an outdoorsman. He's a, a guy that's um, knowledgeable about a lot of things. Parker, listen, I always say this, if the apocalypse happens tomorrow, that I'm, I'm going to find you. You know how to live off the land. I have no idea what I'm doing with that kind of thing. Uh, so I would have to find someone like you that can help me survive. But uh, Parker, welcome to Living in Liberty. It's good to have you in the office or in my studio today. Welcome, and uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself. You grew up in DeKalb County, is that right?
1: Yes, sir, I did. I've lived in Alexandria all my life.
0: Alexandria. So here it is. We're talking about it under the hill. You're a groundhog. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm a groundhog. I was a mountain goat for years, and then now I'm a groundhog. Uh, for years, we've lived in different places. I've been a pastor, so I, I enjoy being a groundhog. So you're from Alexandria, you just graduated to Cap County High School, was it this past year?
1: It was, this past summer.
0: And what have you been doing since high school? Uh, did you, uh, What kind of path did you take, and how did you know what you wanted to do?
1: Right after I graduated, I took two weeks break, and then I went straight to work doing heat and air and electrical.
0: So did you know someone in that business? Are you related to someone that helped whet the appetite to be in that business?
1: Uh, yes, sir. My pa did it forever as long as I can remember then he passed away and my uncle took it over so now I'm working full-time with my uncle it's just me and him on the heat and air side of things
0: when you were younger you probably tagged along and probably didn't make any money but you were learning I guess
1: I was I tagged along since I could sit in a booster seat
0: now you're making some money listen y'all when when uh, Parker began to work at, at a high school I mean he went like the next week I remember him going and uh, just taking off into HVAC work, I remember joking with him, telling him that, "Hey, listen, the offering plate should be even more full this week because he has a paycheck." But um, now, how did you know you wanted to do that? Now, obviously, you've seen your your pa, your relatives do this. There's a aspect of dealing with the public. Yes, you got to be a people person um, in this business. Integrity, integrity is important. You've seen all that on the display, oh, yeah. and so you, it was an easy decision for you to make.
1: It was because. I've always been kind of intrigued by it. You know, you think about a magic machine that changes the temperature of your whole house outside, and nobody really knows how it works, but the people that do are highly sought after. So I wanted to be one of those people that knew how it worked and how to fix it when it don't work.
0: Amen to that. You know, that's the thing. There's a lot of pressure today when you're graduating high school or you're you're going into, like, your junior or senior year. A lot of pressure to just go into college, like four-year college. Yeah you know I, but you took a different route you took a route that really is beginning to be promoted even more because we're talking about the skill set that you have you already have it the skill set you have is sought after just like you said pay is really good as you go along and then down the line i see you i mean you're working with with your uncle things like that but down the line there's an entrepreneurial type aspect to this yes sir you know can ride on
1: your own or you can get in with a big company and ride the ladder that's you right. Can go either way you want.
0: But you, but if you're a go-getter, there's money to be made. And really the way I look at it too is there's there are customers that are looking for someone with integrity because again, they don't understand what you're talking about. They're just yes, going to have sir. to trust you.
1: Yes, they just got to know that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that you won't do them wrong.
0: Amen to that, and 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 here's the thing: there'll be a customer for life. You know, sadly, with HVAC systems, I mean, there's moving parts in there, so occasionally there's going to be a problem.
1: About twelve years is what you get out of one.
0: Let me ask you a question. I know that we're we're just kind of getting started in this interview, but but on the maintenance end of it, you know, there's this uh, uh, always this call to, to do annual or yearly maintenance. Um, sometimes I'm thinking that's how they get you, you know, I'm that, thinking they're that get is. it is how they get sometimes it may yes, be, sir. there are some things that a person needs to do and I get that, but, uh, but I'm excited for you. I, I know that, um, it, that was a, maybe it was a pretty easy decision for you to make, but I, I mean hats off to you for taking that route. And I think that there's a lot of folks realizing that, listen, there's times where going to college is for a person. It really wasn't for me. I think I, I went to one year, I went to Nashville tech. And I went one year. I was really going to be a computer-aided draftsman, and I had researched that. I had looked at the catalog for Nashville Tech. I would gotten with our counselor at DeKalb County High School, and they said there would be no prerequisite. I would not have to have a drafting class. I was looking to design buildings and draw buildings on a CAD, a computer-aided drafting. So it's computer-oriented, and it was new in the late 80s. And I got there, and and, uh, their catalog was wrong. You had to have a prerequisite, oh, yeah. and I bounced, and they said, you can't be in the program. So my dreams were shattered, and I had to bounce into business. But uh, but it really wasn't me, you know? I'm a people person. Later on, God called me to preach anyhow, so it, it's all turned out. But, uh, but hats off to you knowing what you wanted to do, and you went after it. And uh, today, you know, young people really need to think about and really pray about. Yes. And that's the thing about you. We're not just talking about it. I'm not just sitting across the desk from a young man that made a decision that he thought was best. I'm talking to a young man that uh, that consulted God on this and, you know, had some prayer in this and said, you yes, know, Lord, sir. what do you want me to do? Now, how does he come into play, like, in your work? Like, um, certainly from the integrity standpoint, you're dealing with people that, that uh, you got to be honest with. Yes. But i got a feeling, Parker, with what I know about you, you're not turning that on and off.
1: No, always. Honesty is first.
0: Honesty is first, always. And listen, and before we went on, on air here, we were talking about how you and I have a conscience. And there's times where, listen, we're raised up. Our parents affect and raise uh, or really train up our conscience. School teachers do. Sunday school teachers do. Um, Our grandpas and uncles and different people affect us, and they train up our conscience. And the, And there's times that's all good. But um, but the Holy Spirit comes along as a saved person, and what he does with the Bible, he renews our mind. And next thing you know, we have something more than conventional wisdom. We have biblical conviction, and, and biblical conviction wins the day. Would you agree?
1: Yes, sir, I do.
0: So we, in your job, this being honest, we could say, well, you know what, that's just a good virtue to have as just a person. But at the end of the day, the only way you can do that consistently is by abiding in the Lord. Yes. And and when you abide in the Lord, that's not really something that well, you don't have to just you don't have to think about it.
1: Just do it. You just do it. You yeah. that's
0: the, there's people out there that are like, well, preacher, I just can't behave. I'm like, you know what, just abide in the Lord and
1: just if, do the right thing. If, yeah, if you have i have heard that all my life.
0: That's it. And if you walk with him, he's in your life and he's gonna lead you and and help you know what to do.
1: He'll lead you where he wants you to go. Absolutely. You just gotta be willing to follow
0: that's true that's true and it's hard to follow sometimes uh i mean you're swimming upstream i think today when you're following the lord and i think that um that that more people need to be doing it speaking of swimming upstream and streams you're an outdoorsman um i know you you do some fishing uh but you're probably your cup of tea is probably hunting it is and you and i shot a video here a while back if you're listening and and um you got youtube if you'll go to youtube and go living in liberty with Wee, you'll see a video where me and parker talked about hunting he shot a beaver um and made a hat out of it and uh um, you've had some success at deer hunting so tell me about your love for hunting and where did you get that
1: well my love for hunting got started when i was eight years old so 10 years ago now i've been hunting over half my life already and it got instilled at me at a young age i my grandpa my poppy took me out one morning and would you know the lord saw it fit to send my deer my way and i went home with him never shot a high-powered rifle before but he sent that deer home with me
0: let me ask you you know you know i'm from town and and anybody that's that knows me or listens to the podcast here knows that i am from town um and i gotta ask you when you k- killed that deer did your grandpa did he turn around and have you field dressed that deer your first time
1: well he showed me how to do it but no he didn't make me do it until about four times afterwards
0: he showed you how to do it i know there's some risk I mean, there's some
1: yeah. But now he didn't really turn me loose cuz there's a lot that can go wrong when you're doing that type of stuff.
0: And I guess you got to have a stomach for that. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I've never witnessed that. I've never been in the woods when we when someone's had to do that. I've never been deer hunting and I may have just lost a few people <laughs> listening to the podcast right then, but I just I grew up in town. Now, um in field dressing a deer, there are some risks in that. I mean, you can do that wrong and it and it'll completely yeah. ruin the meat. Is that right?
1: It will. There's a uh, you talking about having to do it you there's a sense of responsibility you take on when you pull that trigger on an animal you're you are responsible for whatever happens after that you're responsible for finding it you're responsible for cleaning it taking it to a processor or doing it your own so if you mess up on that first step in that process then you know you ruin the whole thing
0: now you know i'm a preacher i want to go bible this sounds like stewardship Yes. I mean, it's the stewardship of an animal that you have harvested. Yes, sir. And there are steps that you have to take. And again, there's there's someone teaching you how to do it. But then there's also personal integrity because there's times now, certainly now, you're not waiting for someone to take you hunting. You're driving yourself. You're walking through the woods yourself. And you're choosing to do this alone. Yes, so sir. no one's looking. And you're like, you know, let's say you shoot a deer. And, and once you get down from the tree stand and this thing's been like, You know, you couldn't see it from the tree stand, but this deer has been maimed. It's wounded or it's like there's something about it. And you could just do whatever. But no, you still, personal integrity says, no, I've still got to field dress this deer. You
1: Still got to take it. You still got to clean it and you got to harvest it and eat it if it's still edible, you know.
0: Everything that you got to do, you still have to do. Now, so you, with with hunting goes a, uh, I guess with hunters, goes with a, somewhat of an affinity for firearms uh but you know i've known some hunters that aren't really like pistol people they don't buy like revolvers and yes. glocks and smith and west and pistols and things like that but uh but you're someone that that um that you're just a gun person you're yes, not sir. you know you're not That's over the top of it you enjoy it um it's something that certainly can be used for self-defense but uh in the days we're living and really the history of our country says that uh, that second amendment says that you've got a right to bear arms that um, that it's in a DNA of our country that says that, yes. that you should be able to protect your household uh, from enemies, domestic or otherwise, or whatever. I'm thankful for that. And so you've already taught me somewhat, you know, I'm, I'm a new gun owner, like the last year, like 2020, about two guns in 2020. And, uh, you know, I'm married, so (laughs) I didn't buy any last year and, uh, Parker, before you get married, you better buy every gun that you can. Amen. Um, but I'm enjoying learning how to shoot. Um, I've got a son-in-law Austin Mobley from up in Cincinnati and Austin, he's a gun person for sure. He grew up in town more than I did, but, uh, he, he hunted some and Austin, uh, has a love for firearms and, uh, and he's very disciplined with it. He has taught me range etiquette, you know, when you're shooting, things like that. I've learned a lot from Austin, and uh, and I've learned some things from you as well. So let's fast forward here, get back to maybe more recently. You, um, There was a t- television show, a local hunting television show out of Nashville that um, you had a spot on. Was it last year or a year and a half ago, something like that?
1: I think it was two years ago. He invited me to be on air talking about the youth hunting, just so I to be my last youth hunt I'd be going on.
0: And it was a local, it was out of Channel 5 in Nashville. and um, And then more recently, they have invited you to come and be part of that. Like once a month, you're part of a broadcast. Is that right?
1: Yes, sir. They invited me to become part of their family. That's what they called it, uh, Southern Woods and Water. That's the name of the show. It's their family. And there's seven guys, and each of them take a camera with them hunting and just film whatever they get into and even fishing. They film their fishing and whatever they do. And so now I'm I'm a part of that. I'll give him a card every so often with whatever footage I've come up with, and he'll throw it all together and turn it into a clip that people want to watch.
0: Good deal. And I've seen one of those. You you shot one of those fairly recently. If you're on uh, Facebook and you were to go to look for Parker Vantries, you can probably find it in your feed where you shared that link. Yes, sir.
1: What'd you call that? Southern Woods and Waters.
0: Southern Woods and Waters. And so, uh, if you're listening to it, a, if you're an outdoorsman, that's, um, you know, you can go check that out. It's on Channel 5 Plus. Yes, sir. So, keep that in mind. And, and what days does that air? It's on Thursdays?
1: It's on Thursday night at 8 o'clock.
0: Thursday night at 8 o'clock, if you've got Channel 5 Plus, there is apps that you can go find that on as well. So, that's new. So, tell me something. Has that really changed what you do in the woods now? I mean...
1: It has. I'm toting the camera with me. I've never done that before a day in my life, and... It's is, a whole new ball game.
0: Is it too distracting, or is it, or is it, um, is it okay?
1: It really just gives you something to do when you're sitting there. If you see a squirrel on a tree limb, you can video it, or while, just while you're waiting on a deer, it just gives you something to do, basically.
0: Folks, if you go check out his footage from from one of the videos he submitted, there was some raccoons, a family of raccoons, tried to ambush him, and so let me tell you something i have had an interaction with a raccoon not like elf you know on elf (laughs) where he he walks up and wants to pet the cat he thinks it's a cat and it's a it's a raccoon i've had a couple interactions where they've been eating cat food on a porch or something like that but i've never been close enough listen these things are not tame animals so were they friendly with you
1: these were not so bad. Now, it was a mama and three babies. The mama was mad at me. I just climbed up in the tree with them. I had no way of knowing that they were in the tree till I got up there, too, and I wasn't going to come down, so right. they had to come down.
0: I mean, there's no sign at the bottom of the tree that says, hey, those raccoons living up in this right. tree or anything else. Have you ever been surprised uh, other times when you got up in a tree to find maybe a possum sitting there or something else?
1: I have not. That was really the first time I've climbed up in a tree with something, but now I've had squirrels and stuff climb up the tree with me before.
0: Okay. Oh, my goodness. Now, I don't know about squirrels. Listen, I'm a pastor, so every now and then I see us. I know about squirrels every now and then from being a pastor, and that's no joke with Salem. That's just (laughs) 21 years of being a pastor. Every now and then somebody gets a little squirrely, but for the most part, everybody's been really good to me over the years. So, Parker, I I tell you what. I know you attend here at Salem Baptist Church. Uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I look forward to other times to come shoot guns with you. Uh, Folks listening, listen, he's never asked me to go hunting, so evidently, I mean, I don't have a hunting license, but I could go, I could go, I could be your video man. How about
1: that? There we go. I'll take you turkey hunting here, now. Here we it's, go.
0: It's rough. What's the warmest hunting season? Is it turkey hunting maybe?
1: It's probably bow season for deer. You'll be sitting there and it'll be 95 degrees, sun on your back and humidity out the roof.
0: i may make you get into that. I don't know if I'm going out there when it's like 20 degrees and snow on the ground and you sit there for three hours. I'm not sure if I'm that guy. Oh, tell me something else. I you know, and I, I grew up in town, so there's street lights and I'm not afraid of the dark or anything, but let me tell you, these deer hunters that go into the woods like at four or four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, real I mean really early. It's dark, it's pitch black. You gotta it know where you're going. Anything by faith. Anything creepy out there in the woods that you've ever seen?
1: Oh yeah. During turkey season, you know, uh I don't know if you actually know this, but some snakes will let out a smell. Yeah. Like you can walk be walking along in pitch black darkness and smell a cucumber and you just know that that's a, <laughs> what a copperhead smells like and you can't see him you don't know where he's at you just got to keep on walking and hope he don't tap you on the leg
0: oh my goodness i would die i would die <laughs> i'm not a snake fan for sure but now i tell you what in when i was in my late teens early 20s when nikki and i was dating and then we got married i was 21 she was 20 her mom and dad lived on pine grove road up in smithville out on cookville highway and we called it Eagle Creek, and behind their house was a holler. If you're listening from Cincinnati, it's a, it's a holler, H-O-L-L-A-R, I think, I'm not sure, or hollow. We say holler down here. But um, there was a holler behind their house, and we would ride three-wheelers there. That's before four-wheelers. Yes. We would ride a three-wheeler, a big red, and we would go down in the woods or walk. And Adam, Nikki's younger brother, he and I spent a lot of time in the woods. And Adam grew up to be a hunter, and um, but I never really went hunting with him or anything like that. But I, I really loved tromping around in the woods. But there were times there at Eagle Creek, and uh, Wade Hancock, another one of our members, Wade grew up on, out on Sparta Highway on the other side of Eagle Creek, like on the other ridge. And uh, so he would go down to Eagle Creek from the other side of DeKalb County, if that makes sense. And um, and, and he would tell you that there were some things down there that you, if you were down there by yourself, it, you felt like you were being watched in the woods. Yes. You I know. know that feeling. And that's a weird feeling. It I don't is. know. I mean, is that, uh, you know, listen, I, I'm a Bigfoot fan. I, you know, I don't know if Bigfoot's real or not. I kind of like the entertainment value of that. But, but if there was something out there, Eagle Creek is one of those places I'm thinking <laughs> the fellow could be hanging out in Eagle Creek, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. You never seen anything like that or never seen anything that um you ever seen anything that made you leave the woods pretty quick?
1: Uh not really. I mean thunderstorms rolling in make me leave the woods pretty quick. <laughs> of
0: course you're toting a gun. I mean, so you're carrying a gun. Uh, I mean, lightning rod. Yeah, you're but 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 you're carrying a gun if you see something. Of course all these people the people that claim they see a Bigfoot, they they also say that they had no like desire to shoot, no
1: intention to shoot it. That'd be the first thing I did, I believe.
0: I believe, if, but some will say, and you know, that everybody discounts all these testimonies. But let me tell you something: you start listening to testimonies across this country of people that seen something big in the woods like that. It's a lot of people, and and part of me says, and I don't know if that means people's wrong. They're seeing something. I'll give them oh, that. Yeah. They're seeing something, but many of them will say they have a gun, but there was something in them that said, "Don't shoot it." Now here's my theory, and I know I may be getting off topic, but being a pastor, I'm looking at it from a spiritual standpoint, and I think perhaps, perhaps it's just theory, so don't write me an email somebody, but I kind of think that the Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, I think people are seeing something, but I think that it's in the demonic. For instance, we have um, one-third of all angels fell when Lucifer fell the devil, when he fell and came to earth, one-third of all angels fell with him. So there are demons hanging out that we can't see. They also, the Apostle Paul talked about how they can come as an angel of light. You know what I mean? Like the demons can. And so Satan can deceive us and come as like an angel of light. Part of me believes that, that people are seeing something. For instance, if there was a Bigfoot, the evolutionists would try to use that to say that that's a human that's trapped in some evolutionary cycle or something yeah. like that. And they would discount creation with that. Or the people with UFOs, for instance. I mean, they could say, "Well, you know what this this is." They're going to try to unravel the Bible by saying UFOs exist. Now, people are seeing something. I get that. Now, our military could be doing something secretly, and they t- listen. They've held secrets from us before. Oh, yeah. they've, they've not told it. us a lot they of things. Yeah. Well, part of me thinks it's in the demonic, that it's just trying to unravel people's faith in God. And people that believe in UFOs, some of them are very atheistic. They just don't believe in God. And, uh, I remember when our oldest daughter, Paige, was like, I don't know, five years old, uh, I remember asking her, I said, Do you believe in, like, aliens? And, um, Paige said, Well, if there are aliens, God created them. And I thought, okay, that's that's pretty, that's profound there. But, um, But anyhow, thinking about Bigfoot or something like that, I'm thinking that possibly could be demonic, because they'll say they disappear, they move faster than you could ever imagine. There's no evidence of a carcass, you know. Evidently, they never die. All these different things points to the fact that it could be something that is in the spiritual realm that is choosing to reveal itself to humans, And and only certain people. Yes.
1: Or else, what I'll be saying them,
0: you know. And the weird thing is, is you do have some people that give testimony to that that are like, like a sheriff or a, um, a, a person that's been like a school teacher all their life. People that you and I would say, well, we usually take their word. You know, um, there was a a mayor of a small town that, that seen one, and this guy was someone that everyone said this guy you could believe. And and uh, I jokingly asked my family if I were to see one and told and tell them, would they believe me? And they're like, not a chance. You know, so. <laughs> Um, I may have gotten off topic there, but really, if you have a biblical worldview, then we're going to look at what we do for a living and look at it through the lens of Scripture and faith and say, God, you know, what do you want me to do for a living? If we have a biblical worldview, we're even going to look at this issue of hunting, and we're going to say, this is a stewardship thing. This is, sure, it's um, a hobby, it's entertainment, we enjoy it, there's some aspect about that that's good. But there's also this harvesting an animal for the meat and then disposing of the rest and doing all that accordingly. There's a stewardship aspect there that we could say that would honor God if we did that the right way. Yes, sir. So that plays into that, this view of um, of even Bigfoot or aliens. Listen, we need to have a biblical worldview as we address even some of that stuff. And my thoughts about it perhaps being in the demonic it at least gets it into the Bible where where it could possibly happen, and it be in the demonic in, in that spiritual realm, and and that is how I I look at those things, and uh and and that's it today. I think that um, if we can keep a biblical worldview, if we can ask the question, whatever we're going through, what does the Bible say about this? Does the ba- does the Bible speak to this? Um, and and then spending time in prayer, saying, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on with this, but you know you do, you can help me know what. I, need to do with this, you know, you can help me make this decision, you know, in your young life, and how old are you now, you're 20, 20? No, I'm 18. 18, oh my goodness, 18, you're still a young guy, you got a ton of decisions coming, do you feel that, do you feel that?
1: I do. Yeah. Everything from saving money to maybe buying a piece of land before too long then building my own house, you know, it starts to weigh on you real quick, that's what hunting does, you can get out and get away from it and get back to the Lord just sitting there
0: people do that too there's you know people say well i can worship the lord just as well in a tree stand as i can at church i would say it needs to be it should be better at church because we're with the saints that type of that type of thing but i'm telling you when i'm fishing and and i go fishing some i fish creeks mainly creeks i grew up in town and would preach uh preach (laughs) would fish town creek Uh, and i would go to places like culvert's lake some of the old smithville people would know about Colvert's lake and uh, ride my bicycle over there with a fishing pole, and go fishing. Now, historically, I'm not I'm not someone that catches a lot of fish. <laughs> you know, I, I go. It's like golf. You know, they don't. You know, I, I go. They don't call that par. They call it golf. I golf, but I don't par a lot. But but when I think about fishing and and going in the woods, walking and wading a creek, whatever that is, there's certainly times you spend with the Lord.
1: Yes, sir. And, and if you don't really experience it yourself out there you know by yourself you probably won't understand it yeah that's just how it is i mean
0: you, you find yourself there it gets quiet you know it's just you it's and your head and the I'm wind's the blowing the wind's blowing through the trees there's just i think there's something in you that says let's talk to the lord you know yes sir and we talk to him about whatever it is now now you might be praying you might be at a tree stand saying lord i need a big deer to, to walk by you ever you ever pray for that
1: to happen oh yeah but that's not really the right thing to be praying for in that moment. So,
0: I I'll tell, tell you a story uh, real quick. We'll end on this in just a minute. We, I had a guy, um Kenneth Trammell, and he was a deacon at Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, and he, he probably still is. Kenneth's up in age now. I love Kenneth and uh, but Kenneth was asked to pray about being a deacon. And he he will tell you that he thought, I don't know about that. I don't know. And he he tried to worm out of it he'd been praying about it and god was kind of leaning on him to go do it you know to say yes to be considered and then the church would vote you know the church elects deacons and so he's praying about it and talking to the lord about it. he goes hunting and he says lord he said if you want me to be a deacon send a really big buck by my tree you know Yeah. And listen a little bit later, he did. I mean, there was this huge deer come by. I don't know if it was an eight or ten pointer. This happened like 40 years ago or probably 50 years ago. And this deer comes by, and he says he pulled up his shotgun, and he shot, and he shot, and he shot, and he shot. He says, this deer never never moved. (laughs) It never moved, and he never hit the deer, and it was at close range, and the deer just kept looking at him. And he said he put the gun down. And thought, Lord, I'll go be a deacon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so he did. He um, he was ordained after that. And uh, Kenneth Tramble. I'll tell you something else. Kenneth Tramble did. Um, tell me how God provides when God was calling me to preach. Kenneth, I, I'd come to Nikki, and I told Nikki, I said, I need some books. You know, uh, there's this God had helped me have a love for reading as he called me to preach. I really didn't want to, didn't like reading before that that much. I'd read the, the Tennessee in the sports page, <laughs> uh, or Sports Illustrated, read articles, that's before the internet. But the Lord helped me love reading, and so as he called me to preach, I, I told Nick, I said, I'm going to need more study books. At that time, we were young, we were in our upper 20s, and um, I think Paige was born, but Allie had not been born yet, and so we, you know, money was probably tight, and I said, uh I'm going to need some books. And she said, well, how much are these books? I said, well, I probably have four or $500. I need some commentaries, you know. She said, well, you better pray about that and ask the Lord to provide them, you know. Yes. And I said, okay, okay. I'll I'll pray and ask God to provide them. Well, I did. I started praying. I said, Lord, you heard what Nikki said. I said, <laughs> and listen, y'all, my wife's very supportive. But least it was a good thing she told me to do that. So I prayed and I said, Lord, you've called me to preach. And now I need some books. And I need you to help me get these books. About two or three weeks pass, and uh, Kenneth Trammell called me on a Wednesday, and like three or four o'clock. I was at work. I was at Ed Rogers still, had not went into full-time ministry yet. And he said, are you going to prayer meeting tonight at church? I said, yeah. He said, stop by the pastor's office when you come in the door. I've got something I want to show you. I said, okay. Walked in the back door. The pastor's office was right there to the right, uh, where Calvary used to be downtown Smithville. Walked in there, and there was two big boxes on the floor. He opened up his pocket knife, and he said, open up those boxes. And I opened them up, and there was the pulpit commentaries. And they're right here to my right in my office. They're black, black and brown. I looked at him. I said, what did you do? He said, you know, he said, a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, old Pee Wee's going to need some books. And if he's going to preach, he's going to need some study books. And he said he got with his wife, and they said, you know what? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get him some books. And so he got with my pastor. And our pastor recommended these, and he ordered them from Lifeway, and they came in. He paid for them. And it was, I think it was like three or $400, and he gave them to me that night. And let me tell you something, that, I never forgot that. Oh, yeah. Got a man like that. One, my wife was obedient to say pray about it, you know what I mean? And then two, Kenneth, Kenneth was obedient to to hear the Lord put it on his heart to buy me those books. And so, uh, but then again, this is the same deacon. Yes. that was in the tree stand that god would not god brought him a deer by his tree stand but wouldn't <laughs> let him shoot it hilarious oh me listen parker we've covered a lot of ground i look forward to having you back on here once again oh i'll do it i uh, hope you enjoyed it i enjoyed getting to know you even better and and for our listeners out there uh parker van treese is uh just a just a, a great young man and outdoorsman be watching for Thank him you. on channel five plus And the name of the broadcast again? Southern Woods and Waters. Southern Woods and Waters. And I've watched it a number of times. The words can't get, I'm getting old, so I can't remember the name of it like I should. But I've watched that, and it's great. A lot of, listen, not just Parker, but there's, you'll hear about hunters, I mean, across Tennessee here. I mean, you'll hear some people, they'll be from some counties that are close by, and you may even recognize some of these other contributors that send in their video footage as well
1: and pictures too they have a pictures of the week segment and you'll get three or four pictures of just people across the state
0: oh it's just a good avenue it's like the twra is doing some video stuff now i don't know if you caught that twra is yes, doing some good stuff and they're good at publishing a lot of photos if people send them you know but uh, well parker listen welcome it was good to have you on living in liberty today and uh it's a a pleasure to have you at salem baptist church uh listen come see me again and folks that are tuning in i hope that you got something out of this podcast and uh, if you'll share that with a friend that would be great we'll catch you next time